Hi, welcome back to Books and Broomsticks. I'm Chaotic Witchot. And I'm Matt Hatter Plays. And today we are talking about modern kitchen craft. Yay! Matt's absolute favorite topic. I love kitchen craft. Look, I actually just like cooking and, you know, kill two birds one stone. And you know, you just happen to throw in some bay leaves with intention. Witchcraft, I was like, uh, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. So what is kitchen craft as a whole? What do we what do we mean when we say kitchen witchcraft? Is so, it witchcraft you do in the kitchen? I mean, that's part of it for sure. I think that like, and, and now maybe this is an opinion thing, but I feel like it's more hearth and home craft. I think I agree with that. I think kitchen craft is part of hearth and home, but a lot of people choose to focus on it as just kitchen witchcraft. Yeah, I'm okay. like, yeah, that's fine. And I think that at this point, I think that that's why a lot of people call it kitchen craft is because not a lot of people use the hearth anymore, like mm-hmm. like how they used to. Um, but maybe that's just an opinion piece that I will put into my pocket. <laughs> it's my widow pocket. Or I keep my... Put a pit in it. Uh, I, put, I put it in my pocket so I don't bully people on the internet with it later. Oh my God. Okay, so... Kitchen witchcraft, I mean, let's just say it is hearth and home, but for someone who has literally no idea what that means, can we give an explanation? So um, a lot of practices, especially folk practices, kind of fit under the hearth and home, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's basically the the care for the home and everybody within it. It's, it's almost like a daily practice that just involves your day-to-day life. Um, I would argue as well that this comes up a lot too within matrilineal practices. A lot of cultures have matrilineal folk practices. And a ton of indigenous cultures were all matrilineal. A hundred percent. Like literally they trusted the women's to give all of the corn out. Like literally they were like, we don't trust the men. Trust we only trust the women's. Well, within Italian folk magic, um, it was not something that men did for a very large period of time. Like mm-hmm. most fatiocheri were women. And even though there are men or, you know, folks like me, non-binary um, individuals, even if they were assigned male at birth, um, that practice folk magic nowadays that have it either passed down from their grandmother to them because they're an only child or the only one there, or there are some regions in which there were um, men who were fatiochieri or fixers, um, but typically they had different methods than the women, and you can tell the difference between the male fatiochieri and the the female fatiochieri. Um, in what is passed down. And it's not that men did not have a place in folk magic or witchcraft in Italy. It was just more common for the women to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like, as we're kind of talking about the modern uh, kitchen craft, I mm-hmm. will say that we're going to treat this as a segment for hearth and home because there's just so much that goes into it. Oh, yeah. It. We're focusing directly on kitchen craft, so we don't go off on a tangent about fireplaces. absolutely we cannot we can i cannot talk about house blessings in this why (laughs) because it doesn't include um food but i do have a lot of spells that i use in kitchen craft um that i make for other people and i very much you know do the typical garlic oregano basil um if i'm making a housewarming food for someone 
I'm going to use something like oregano to bring joy into the house and basil to bring money into the house. Mm -hmm. Um, If I'm doing something like a weekday meal, I tend to use a lot of garlic as a nice little banishment if they picked up anything from having a rough day. Obviously, legumes. We eat lentils on the new year for good luck. There's actually old uh, practice, in, especially in like uh, American folklore all the way into hoodoo and conjure, mm-hmm. where you have to be careful with your peanuts. Oh yeah? Peanuts, Peanut shells huh? on the ground bring disaster to your home. Good news, I never eat peanuts in the shells. I mean, I have some in in this house and now I have made the realization that I have to be extra careful with them because like, that's terrifying to think about. So that's part of it. And I mean, like, we just did- How Roadhouse do this then? We just did our folklore episode. So we can talk a little bit around like folklore and apotropaic properties around certain foods and how they were used folklorically and folk magic and how that applies to modern day um Mm -hmm. but firstly how important are traditional tools in kitchen craft and what would you consider a traditional tool so in my opinion a lot of our electronics would be thrown out if we were Mm -hmm. sticking with purely traditional uh tools in kitchen witchcraft Mm -hmm. um most people when they think about it is some sort of pot some sort of like uh mortar and pestle or something to crush herbs and things like that. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter if it's necessarily a mortar and pestle, in my personal opinion, just because culturals all over the world have different things. And something to, like a knife or some sort of cutting board or something like that. I would argue that a good pickling jar is very traditional. A good old crock. Uh, I could I could picture that. I, I do think like the fermentation process and the pickling. I, but yeah, I think, so plastic is just like, dead energy right like Mm -hmm. let's let's be honest with that anytime anyone mentions plastic i i think of like this weird void in animistic space Mm -hmm. personally that's that's... i think and i understand that there are a lot of plastic materials that are super super useful will i ever will i let him keep his plastic cutting board whenever we move in together no no, I will not. I will get a wooden gently, one. We will season it. replace it. Gently, just, it'll go missing. And I know he doesn't listen to the podcast, which is why I can say this. It'll go missing. <laughs> and he'll be like, where's my cutting board? And I'm like, I don't know, babe, but look at this really nice wooden one I got. Isn't it so pretty? It's and great. Be, I love it that'll here. That'll be it. I, you know what? I support this decision. Even within our talk of baneful magic there are amazing uses for kitchen craft for baneful magic there Do is nothing poison someone yes no. oh that was a joke i'm Don't somehow me. we switched places here because usually I i'm know. all usually about you're like slips and balladonna in their tea well, yeah let's and go I'm like, do some murder Matt. you can't do that and now we're looking <laughs> okay i'm not sure who put something in your coffee today well, maybe kitchen... it's belladonna The kitchen and the kitchen table and food is so important in Italian folklore, Italian culture, Italian folk magic, that when we talk curses, hexes, etc., the most vile ones, the most heretical, and I mean vile and heretical in the eyes of like folk Catholicism, Italian folk magic, which frowns upon baneful magic in a lot of... 
in a lot of uh, families. Um, but that is not the case. There are some families who do cursing, bankful magic, etc. My family particularly did not. But the most violent heretical uh, curses in Italian folk magics, magic is the one that is distributed by food. One, like the love spells are distributed by food. The curses mm-hmm. are distributed by drink and food. And that is why it's so almost like not frowned upon but almost so dangerous is because there's this place of trust and food is so trusting for people and it's so important and giving food to someone and feeding them is such an act of love and devotion that when that there is that betrayal it's like oh like if you're putting because traditionally you know you would put menstrual blood or pubic hair into someone's food and drink that is horrifying to so many Italian folk practitioners because of our importance put on food. Yes, and that's pretty that's pretty cross-cultural for the most part. Um, at least the application of cursing people via food as mm-hmm. a way of getting it into the most direct way. Because let's honestly think about how food and kitchen craft works. You are literally putting the spell inside of your body. There is no yep. protection there. Yep. Like there is no, how are you going to protect your guts? It is so personal and it is so. And do not eat black tourmaline as a way to protect your guts. God, please don't. (laughs) Listen, black tourmaline can survive a little bit of water, but that acid in your stomach will destroy it in seconds, as will most crystals. And you will die. (laughs) And you will die. But diamonds are sharp. Yes. Again, you you will die. Don't do that. Don't do it in any any shape or form i think and that's why you know within different cultures like uh who i have a friend and a little bit of a mentor who is a buruha the a lot of curses and hexes are done more sympathetically Mm -hmm. um or in there it's not that there aren't curses that can be fed via food and drink as we move more into the modern age and spent less time um communally and there was this less important like span or this less important emphasis on community and we weren't necessarily in small towns or like rurally anymore at least in my family it became harder to give your victim something to eat as a curse so sympathetic magic started being used and in some cultures such as um uh English folk magic, Cornish, Irish folk magic, we do see a lot of sympathetic magic being used with food. Mm -hmm. Potatoes, onions. There was a whole spell where an onion was put over a fire with a bunch of pins put in it. Um, And that's one of those things where sympathetic magic still occurred in Italy, but the more kind of vile curses weren't always done sympathetically. There are some, um, but not all of them. I would like for everybody to please take a, a shot of water for every time uh, sympathetically say, oh, it has oh, been said in I, this podcast. How many times podcast. did I say it? A lot. Oh my God. Um, but also that's take okay. a shot of water for every time I say heretical. Also I've been a good saying one. that a lot. Um, so. Heretics. Every, uh, heretics. Everything that uh, you have said is obviously right on point. Um, and when we look at... When we do look at these vile curses done or these dominations done, we look mm-hmm. a lot more towards oppressed and marginalized 
uh, communities that had to do this in order mm-hmm. to protect themselves or protect loved ones or keep people together and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot looser uh, of a hold as to the vitriol when it comes to these curses because mm-hmm. if it meant that you could get escape or if it meant that you could keep on to loved ones then you're gonna do it mm-hmm. and that's the thing too <clears throat> when i talk about italian folk magic please note that most of like a lot of my family at least is white um and we never had that need to dominate or hex as a means of mean of survival we were farmers and we were never in a position where we were being oppressed to the point of needing that, which is why we don't see a lot of that in my family. Yeah, and it's definitely understandable. I mean, we can also look though, um, Mm -hmm. in the kitchen, there has been a ton of things that are literally in the kitchen that are put there as a, almost a superstition, right? Oh yeah. A ton of people hang their garlic now. Um, oh yeah you and that comes directly from superstition and the chili peppers all of that comes from like superstitions not only is it to store and take care of your food Mm -hmm. items but it was also there in order to ward off evil to ward Mm -hmm. off quote-unquote vampires i mean that's kind of a modern interpretation of it to be fair mm-hmm. um but that it was a very off modern spirits. interpretation of it very modern although it it's iffy the only reason i say it's iffy is because sometimes when you look at different cultures they look at vampires as evil spirits so it gets in this weird crosshairs Interesting. where it could be for vampires but mostly it was for all of the evil bad things that were trying to get into your house via spirit well vampires are yet another episode (laughs) i Um, would love to talk about vampires i think we need to now what are some basic tips and tricks in the kitchen for kitchen witchcraft keep read read the things read read what you're uh eating and you can implement it super super quick and easy and make your life so much easier oh yeah um a lot of these tips and tricks comes more along the lines of just knowing your ingredients Mm -hmm. um oatmeal as much as well some some people can't eat oatmeal um Actually, there is such thing as gluten-free oatmeal. That seems strange to me, but fair enough. Because so, oatmeal is super cross-contaminated. Yum. I don't like thinking about it that way. However, <laughs> oatmeal is great for nourishment of body and mind and spirit and also oh, I sugar. I enchanting my oatmeal in the morning. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oats and things are meant to, like, nurture and take care. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sugar is something that is attracting, inviting, and sweetening. So literally my dinosaur egg oatmeal that I have in my fucking cabinet, I can literally eat for breakfast, takes me three minutes. And I'm like, yep. That's a dinosaur egg oatmeal. I love the dinosaur egg oatmeal, all right? I hold on to a few food items from my past. I just have those little cups of like Bob's Red Mill oats that I put water in and microwave. I mean, all right, but there's not cute little dinosaur eggs that turn into dinosaurs. No, because it's not gluten-free, Matt. You know what? Maybe there's a version that's gluten-free somewhere. I will try exactly five seconds of research, and if I can't find it, I'll just give up. Even in the basic, you know, in looking at and knowing the food you're ingesting, um, a lot of kitchen herbs 
have magical properties. In fact, I would say that I usually recommend people go to the grocery store to get their herbs or look in their kitchen mm-hmm. before buying a bunch of herbs from a ritual or like a metaphysical store because you're going to find some great stuff. Like I mentioned before, basil for attracting abundance, oregano for bringing in joy, cinnamon is great for prosperity, cloves are good for not only domination work, but protective work. Um, and those are all things that I can think of off the top of my head in my kitchen. As well as that, Italian seasoning and herb mixes good catch-all mm-hmm. i will uh, throw that shit on my salmon literally have yourself a lemon rosemary chicken and you've got yourself a cleansing meal uh, spiritually so delicious the chicken will fortify you whereas the rosemary and the lemon are there to cleanse and help you out spiritually like it's that it's that simple. But when I think about tips and tricks, a lot of the things I th- like to try to think about is if you're broke on a budget or running out of time. Mm-hmm. Um, salt, protective. You could probably eat your ramen and make it protection ramen. I did a meme the other day that I actually do sit stand by. Put moon water in your yeah. fucking ramen. Oh. <laughs> have protection ramen do it i dare you but this is the thing too is that you know you don't even have to be good at cooking to do this shit no you really don't you don't need to be good at cooking to do this shit and you don't need to have access to a lot of really interesting foods to do this shit like like matt said dinosaur egg oatmeal ramen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you don't need to go out of your way and buy super fancy foods Yep, Minute Maid rice. Mm-hmm. I mean, rice has been considered something that is uh, I love rice. anti-negative uh, like entity. Mm-hmm. The reason is, is because they have to pick through every single- Oh my God, when I rice. eat rice and kimchi, am I like low-key? Because, so rice and kimchi is my go-to autoimmune illness meal because kimchi is full of fermented probiotics, et cetera. By the way, I love kimchi. Um, And rice, getting rid of negative things. So I am literally cleansing and protecting my body metaphysically and physically when I eat that meal. Yep, and it sounds absolutely nuts. sexy! Uh Uh-huh, it sounds absolutely crazy, but if you're literally sitting there and you know your shit, you just need to spend a little extra time maybe with a quick prayer, quick meditation, Mm -hmm. whatever you need to do to make that activated for you mm-hmm. and uh go go with it go yeah. go forth do the things move past um i feel like we gave a decent amount of personal examples already mm-hmm. but i do want to talk about traditional recipes and if they're more potent than newer recipes or traditional meals from your culture i feel like Yes, is mm-hmm. my my answer. Only because a traditional meal is going to have, or a heretical meal is going to have uh, a lot of power behind it. It's, mm-hmm. it's the food your ancestors ate. It's the food that people have trusted for long periods of time and have empowered themselves. Mm-hmm. So when you're eating a traditional meal, made with a recipe from a long lineage or from your family's lineage you are directly you are directly eating off of the plate your spiritual plate from your ancestors Mm -hmm. and I mean personally I always feel most connected to my ancestors when I cook kind of pasta pajol 
or spaghetti or penne, like something that they would have eaten, like lentil soup, um, something very typical that they would have eaten. And I always find that when I ask them to help me with it, it turns out a lot better than when I try to do it myself. Oh yeah, like I made a traditional Hopi stew, no idea how it was gonna go, and it was fucking delicious. Did you cook that when I was there? Yeah, that I was... remember that. That was absolutely amazing. It was yummy. It was some tasty shit. Even more so, just because if you're like me, and let's say you have a autoimmune disorder, dietary restrictions, etc., that make it difficult for you to connect with your ancestors' food, ask them to help you find substitutes and help you make it good with out those things that make you sick you know for example if i wanted to attempt some gluten-free biscotti and i petitioned my ancestors for assistance i bet you it's going to be bomb Mm -hmm. i think another part of that though uh, Mm -hmm. is that we've complicated foods and that's why we run into so many allergens oh my god maybe that's just me though because the more, the the further back I go with like indigenous food and decolonizing my diet, the less complicated the food gets. Well, I agree with that. I mean, when I think about like one of our best meals that definitely my grandma made and we ate in winter, um, it's pasta, beans, tomatoes. It's very simple. Mm-hmm. So, and even then, when we make stew, when we make lentil soup, et cetera, these things that are very typical in Italian, you know, folk practices, or at least that were common in my family, it is very simple. It's just difficult when you're Italian and pastas, you can't eat pasta. Yeah. Like for me, the further I go back, I run into meat, potato, onion, mm-hmm. and some chile, meat, maybe. potato, onion. Right? And everyone's all like, oh my god, I forgot. Onions and potatoes came from here. And I'm like, yeah. Even more so, do you need kitchen craft? Is this something that everyone needs to do? Do you need to do it? As much as it pains me. Mm-hmm. No. Ugh. Because okay. no matter what in the craft, no matter what your path is, no matter what any of it is, it's, it's yours. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, you don't have to do anything. Um, there was someone the other day on uh, Tim Tom who was com- saying, well, if you're just here for the aesthetics, you're not a real witch. Unfortunately, that's not true. Craft is everyone dependent. Mm-hmm. Do I agree if you're just there for the aesthetics? Absolutely not. But is it a requirement for you to know and learn and do as much as like, say, myself or Frankie? Absolutely not. No. It's, it's not a requirement. If you're in it because it's like pretty and you can banish some shit every once in a while, that's valid. No one's gonna tell. And if someone tells you otherwise, then they're just angry that it doesn't look like their craft. Mm-hmm. If it's pretty and trendy to you and that's all you're really here for, I mean, I'm not gonna take you seriously, but it's yours. Like, I can't well, tell you I what to do. I also think that with the amount of witchcraft in the media, I'm not surprised if people get into it for the aesthetic or trend. And I don't necessarily blame people for getting in it, into it that way. I blame the way that capitalism has capitalized off of witchcraft as an aesthetic and spirituality mm-hmm. as an aesthetic. I can agree with that. It's unfortunate, but true. So the ultimate answer here is no, you don't need witch and craft. 
uh, kitchen craft. It's just sad if you take that away from yourself. But if you're looking for ways to shortcut, because you're like, I can't cook for shit, ramen, dinosaur egg oatmeal, <laughs> little little pre-made food can still be enchanted. Mm-hmm. It like, can still be enchanted. Hamburger helper, definitely no problem. <laughs> Go for it. It sounds silly, but like, look at the recipe in it. Oh, it's yeah. not that bad. You can figure something out. Um, if I, I, the only thing I would say that you probably can't enchant is food made by another person, like that you order or deliver. Yeah, that's it's already done. Like that's already been. There's nothing handled. you can add to it. There's nothing you can do. Um, you can maybe say a blessing over it, mm-hmm. but if someone else made it and delivered it to you, and there's absolutely nothing like in the process of making it, it's kind of like getting a ready-made spell delivered. Mm. And you're like, I can change this. Yeah, especially because a lot of those people don't have any kind of intention behind it. So it's just kind of a, what you could do is throw a couple of pieces to to your altar to feed whatever spirits you're working with, I guess, Mm -hmm. if that's something you're doing. Or, you know, uh, give, this is going to sound wild, but because we came up with it first, it's it's really our thing. But Uh you can give thanks. Like you can give the gift of re- reciprocity. Like you, you can, you can the do that. The ethical harvest, the reciprocal harvest. Mm-hmm. Um, um, things like that. Other ways to shortcut kitchen craft. I mean, you can enchant your coffee or tea in the morning. You can use certain numbers of ingredients, like three, seven, uh, anything that's important to you. Three pinches, three <clears throat> pinches of a certain herb, nine pinches of a certain herb. I said the hand, I blessed a bunch of spices that I had when I was at the retreat this weekend. Um, and I blessed it with nine Hail Marys and then put it in the food. Fucking bomb as shit. Uh, the act, the act of eating is a fantastic version of this. Be mm-hmm. mindful while you eat. Uh, I know that that sounds like some weird woo-woo shit, but honestly, if you're sitting there and actually thinking about what you're eating and actually stopping all the noise around you mm-hmm. and just being with your food, you'll get a lot of out of it. Be with your food. Talk to your food. I mean, that for me personally, food. I don't know if I got to talk to my food, but I will definitely bless it and uh, say prayers over it. I do tend to, if I eat something really good, I do tend to talk to it a little bit. I'll talk to it when I'm cooking, but then after that, I'm like, all right. (laughs) We'll see what happens. (laughs) Um, Do you have any final thoughts? Um, If you're not already doing kitchen craft and you're not already along in your path or you're a beginner, Mm -hmm. sit with it and really think about going for it because I don't I what do you have to lose furthermore if you have a shortcutted kitchen craft or an aspect of your craft that's in the kitchen that you want to share with us make a post on Instagram and tag books and broomsticks podcast or Mm -hmm. tag us on Twitter and we would love to hear about how you enchanted your ramen etc so on and so forth Mm-hmm, 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 anything mm-hmm. like that we would love to hear about it show so me your please, snackies please post a picture of your snackies your enchanted snackies like uh that's all we have for you guys today this has been books and broomsticks i'm chaotic witch and i'm matt hatter plays and we'll talk to you guys next week <laughs>